guys. Call it, Captain. All right, listen up. Until we can close that portal, our priority is containment. Barton, I want you on that roof. Eyes on everything. Call out patterns and strays. Stark, you got the perimeter. Anything gets more than three blocks out, you turn it back or you turn it to ash. You give me a lift? Right. Better clench up, Legolas. Thor, you gotta try and bottleneck that portal. Slow him down. You got the lightning. Light the bastards up. You and me, we stay here on the ground. We keep the fighting here. And Hulk. <sighs> Smash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 of Death. Woo! This is the fifth episode, which is kind of fun because our the number five is such a prominent fixture in our show, I it's suppose. That's a staple. We made it, guys. We did it. We made, we made it to five episodes, and we're all... We're all still breathing, even though we've died almost every week. <laughs> um, I'm joined, as always, by BWK. Hey, everybody. And unfortunately, this week's winner, Ryan Dooley. <laughs> Hello. You, you did it, buddy. Really. Yeah, this, he finally did it. This victory is his. Yeah. And that's what you get. That's, that's what, what you all get. It just took five episodes. That's not that many. That's not too many episodes. I right. really think that I won because people might have voted out of pity. <laughs> oh, you definitely got the pity vote. <laughs> Easily. I'm surprised people didn't send you money. No, 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 no. He's, he had a fine list, a vote-worthy list. He, I think it was Slowpoke Rodriguez that put me over. Yeah, I, yeah. He, you mentioned he had a fine list. I'm going to point out that his who's your, uh, his list, which had Slowpoke Rodriguez on it, beat mm -hmm. both of our list that both had Homer Simpson on it. Oh, okay. Never mind. This is rigged. Yeah, right. <laughs> rigged. Congratulations, everyone. You've, you've, you've appeased the... The piece of shit. Yeah, they just know good taste when they see it. Don't okay. yell, don't yell at our listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little upset. I was hoping Dooley would never win, and that'd be a running gag. So, so what did I've he never win? actually won one of these. Do I get to actually kill both of you right now? Because um, I bought a I brought a vice grip that you can put your head in. You can try. All right. Um, but yeah, so this is the fifth episode. Last week's episode was on cartoon characters. Dooley won. Um, this will be the last time I explain this because I said after the fifth episode I would no longer do it. What Dooley did win was how the show works is each week we come up with our own top five list, each of us, who uh, on any given topic, and then we discuss them, we make fun of them, we have a good time with them. The list then go up on our Facebook, facebook.com slash top five of death for voting. Uh, the listeners vote. That would be you guys. And then the winner gets announced the following episode, and then they decide how the other two people died. Like I said... <laughs> sad sack dual train <laughs> won this week's that episode. is what i go by that's right <laughs> that's how he signs his letters yeah. uh, so without further ado why don't we get down to dying okay well all right so i'm gonna do matt first okay. just because you're the first one I've I'm, I'm worried these are gonna <coughs> be particularly vicious just because it's all pent up at this point <laughs> i know <laughs> all right let's just hear it all right okay so one night while walking home from improv class <laughs> matt was thinking about everything he just learned oh <laughs> Matt had learned the golden rule of improv, <laughs> which is to agree with your partner while doing scene work. Earlier in the night, Matt had done a scene where he was a wizard and his partner was a young mage. I'm <laughs> from the planet Melmac, said the mage. <laughs> Matt replied, yes, and we're in a rocket ship. He was very proud of himself for being so creative and was feeling very confident. <laughs> While walking back to his car, a man donning a ski mask aggressively jumps out at Matt and exclaims, If you don't give me your money, I'm going to shoot you. Lo and behold, the masked man is holding a gun. Remembering his improv skills, Matt knows exactly what to say. Yes, and you'll probably spend the money on drugs and booze, said Matt. Hell yeah. I'm not kidding. This is a stick-up, the man retorted. 
Yes, and you're going to shoot me. <laughs> Perturbed and slightly confused, the gunman shoots Matt's unfunny fucking brains out. <laughs> oh, wow. Holy shit. Wow, what a... Uh, you're going you're gonna to set that bar, huh? All right. That, that came up I'm so sorry, fast. That, that was really... Uh, <laughs> That was really that was there was a lot of emotion in that one. Oh, good th- good thing he only shot out my unfunny brains, <laughs> thus leaving only my funny brains left in my head. <laughs> Which you have plenty of, all right. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna bullshit you. All right, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's do you now. All right, so BWK woke up feeling not quite himself <laughs> one day. He just said my name weird. <laughs> <laughs> BW did it. Somebody shout out Dooley speaking brains. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go. All right. BWK woke up feeling not quite himself one day. Instead of waking up with his usual happy-go-lucky demeanor, he felt strangely energetic. He dismissed it at first, but couldn't stop moving around in an erratic and silly manner. He was a bit alarmed. Throughout the day, it got worse and worse. His friends noticed a huge difference in his personality, to the point where they were extremely uncomfortable. BWK considered going to the doctor when then the unthinkable happened. He looked at his arms and noticed an unhealthy amount of body hair. <laughs> it was then he knew what happened. BWK had developed the dreaded Robin Williams syndrome. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's so contagious. Oh, no. He heard that notable voice actor Billy West had been diagnosed with this a week prior. <laughs> Knowing that he could not end up living his life constantly speaking in accents and living with extreme hyperactivity, he took his own life by stuffing his head in the garbage disposal. Oh, my God. But it's what I would do. Right. <laughs> At that point, what choice do you have? Oh, my God. That's so funny. So there you have it. Wow. Hey. Yeah, my we're dead. <laughs> we're dead. If you guys listened to last week, uh, a, was lot like of, therapeutic. a lot of those uh, 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 bits that he had in those were from uh, what we talked about last week. So yeah, hopefully you tuned we'll in to, then. We'll try to reference what happened. Right. Before. And uh, speaking of last week. Um, I once again pleaded for emails and Facebook. Uh, <laughs> begged, really. <laughs> begged, pleaded, whatever you want to call it. Um, however, it worked to a small degree. Um, we actually got some new Facebook friends. BWK, why don't you announce our new Facebook friends? Oh, my God, yes. Let me just pull the page pull, up. Oh, my God. We're not even ready. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so uh, just two notable ones are two people that participated on the Facebook, which I love to see. I think we all do. Uh, we got Kyle James, our new buddy, and uh, Keith Doherty, another new buddy. Yep, KG. Um, G. I ruined his name yeah, already. Yeah, just move right along. Sorry, then. Kyle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's really cool to see a bunch of uh, – uh, people showing up on the site. Also, uh, Michael Fazziriano. Michael Fowles. Yep, that's his name. Oh, call him Mike <laughs> F. Was I close at least? Do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, there's so a lot of really uh, cool people showed up and participated. And thank you, dudes. Yeah, Mike's all right. And, and chicks too, ladies, um, if you will. Chicks. <laughs> and uh, we also got um, we got an email. It was actually kind of a cool idea, which I wouldn't mind getting some more of these. We got an email from a Mr. James Collins. And he actually sent us his own death. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so I'm actually going to read it. Oh, yeah. nice. And um, so from now on, if you guys... Uh, so he wrote his death on what happened to him while he was listening to the podcast. Oh, so that's awesome. <laughs> if you guys want to start sending in your own deaths, you know, we'll pick the yeah, best one. And uh, we'll read it. So this was, this was submitted from uh, Mr. James Collins. And unfortunately, according to this, he's dead. So rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so this is how it started. In memoriam. In yep. memoriam, yep, post posthumous uh, death. Uh, <laughs> so one day I said to a friend, I'm becoming bored of listening to music during long rides while working. He introduced me to podcasts, specifically yours. Nice. Thank you. 
Very nice of a friend he, he must have been. I decided to give it a shot. It instantly grabbed my attention with the easily relatable and nostalgic topics. I even started listen to listen to the podcast outside of the car, which deemed to be the fate of my demise. Oh. I walked into a Dunkin' Donuts to have a coffee and listen to the podcast while waiting for a friend. At the same time, there is a news story being broadcast on the TV screen about a horrific, tragic plane crash involving a 737 of an Asian airline. There also happens to be about 12 Asians watching <laughs> the Dunkin' Donuts TV. <laughs> All the while, I'm is still tuned... Is that tuned appropriate? <laughs> is that <What>? correct? <laughs> Asian Americans, I would suppose. <laughs> I think they're Asian Americans. I think they prefer Orientals. <laughs> right, yeah, I bet they love that. We are being real bad. Keep going. <laughs> All the while, I'm still tuned into the podcast with my headphones. I burst into hysteric laughter, offending the Asians. <laughs> Noticing that I have upset them, I try to explain and make my escape. It was useless since they spoke hardly any English at all. Out of nowhere, I am stricken with a bicycle kick and beaten to death by the savage pack of kung fu assassins. Savage pack of kung fu assassins. Bicycle That's kick. Great. All right. So if there are any Asian listeners out there who want to write a death about how us uh, white folk <laughs> maybe chase them with pitchforks and pick oh up trucks. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I, I love the idea of people writing in their own deaths. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. Good good call, Jay. Oh, Credit my God. That's that. so funny. I love it. So, yeah. Right, uh, email is top5ofdeath at gmail. Send us uh, your deaths, and we'll pick the best one and we'll read them from week to week. And that's the numeral five. The numeral five. five. That's right. I keep doing that. It's always the number five. Um, but yeah, yes. Let's, let's get into it. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the business for the week. Oh, wait, so let's, let's give that a Yeah, let's give this one's for James. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Wee. May he rest in peace. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this week's episode, um, it's the number fives who kind of want to do a little bit of a bigger episode, a more broad topic. Um, and this was kind of requested, sort of. It was a little bit more um, sub-genre, the request. But um, we're going to do this week's episode on our top five movies. Yeah. That's five movies. This was a tough one for me. Yeah, me too. My number threes have been my number threes for a, a while now. Yeah. I'm glad I just said that because it'll later bite me in the ass. I'll explain why. <laughs> here's, so here's stay tuned, guys, for the number three on, on Matt's list. I feel like, for me... This was a, per- a personal list. It's personal favorite movies of all time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm well aware what are considered the best movies of all time. Yeah. Citizens Kane will not be on right. my list at all. Oh, really? Exactly. Mine has like Casablanca on it and stuff. So yeah. Like, neither will the general with Buster Keaton. I, I guess I just got a, a like you know a sharper taste than you guys. So but basically, I'm trying to prep you that my number one is Bebe's Kids, <laughs> <laughs> and Casablanca is not on mine. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, who, right. who should start? Well, Matt? no, Dooley should start because oh, according to the rotation in my head, you are next. <laughs> according to your imagination. <laughs> according to something I think is true. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Cool. So my number five um, is The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, very good. Oh, which cool. Which is a Wes Anderson movie uh, that came out in 2001. Um, now, did you watch that movie before or after you got your black room glasses? I think this movie inspired me to get black room glasses. Right. Um, I saw it in 2001, so I must have. So I was like 12, maybe 11 or 12. Oh, and, that's uh, pretty young for that, I think. Right. I, I remember I saw it at a time when I was being allowed to watch pretty much whatever I wanted. So I was seeing all like the important movies that you're supposed to watch at mm-hmm. that age, and um, I remember that came out, and I was really interested because it looked. It just looked intriguing to me, and um, when I saw it, I was so mesmerized by it, just by how like what it looks like visually and how the scenes are so um, detailed. I'm, Have I you guys seen this movie? I saw it, but apparently I don't remember it as well as you because the whole 
you referencing how it looked visually, I'm only remembering the old guy. And visually, he looks pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, detail-wise, like, he looks so old. Yeah, you can, it's you very, can count the it's rings. visually stunning. You can count the is. rings <laughs> like he's a spruce tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I actually have never seen this movie com- in its entirety. So, to me, it gets, it gets better with each watch. Mm. Um, you notice subtle details that you don't really notice the first time through. Um, the plot of the movie is that... Um, there's this this very rich Titan family, and um, when there are th- three children in the family, and when they were younger, they were like child geniuses, and um, the parents wind up getting a divorce, and then when they grow up, they all have these like horrible, horrible problems. I mean, not horrible problems, but they're like socially inept. Uh, one of the kids is a tennis player, and he grows up to like lose like a huge tennis match, and he's uh, severely depressed, and they all, all kind of grow up and just not being very successful as they were really sure. set out to be. And a lot of it has to do with the divorce. Um, That's kind of like a staple in Wes Anderson movies, isn't it? It's, it's, he tackles a lot of, you know, like the, the family issues, um, you know, just like the dynamics of, uh, of a family. And um, <clears throat> I just really like this movie because um, the character work and it is so good and i just remember watching it and i hadn't really been into directors when i first saw it and it had such an interesting style to me that i was like oh whoever directed this like was very deliberate about it and then it got me kind of paying attention to um different directors and stuff yeah that's how i feel about wes anderson is like i haven't seen a ton of his movies but i can spot his his style from like a mile away it's it's so blatant right yeah with the kind of a new nightmare was really good which one is that a new nightmare. <laughs> Wait, Wes Anderson did that? Yeah, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Wes Anderson's. A new you're, you're thinking Wes Craven, right? I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I loved Wes Anderson's version of Last House on the Left. Right. <laughs> it was so uh, poetic. Oh, well, let's not let's not rag on Wes Craven here. All right, so we can move on. My number five was A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> uh, uh, should I go? No, I'll go. Okay. Me. <laughs> um, so my number five uh, is also kind of an artsy fartsy uh, movie, but uh, I really liked it. It's um, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Oh, okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I really like this movie because um, it's just it's one of those things where like it's very relatable to something that happened in my own personal life at the time. Like I was gonna going through a breakup, and like that movie literally that'll do it for you. That movie just set me straight as soon <laughs> as it was over. I was like. Oh yeah, I guess things just don't work out sometimes. Okay, I can live with that. Oh wow, that's about as is. It's like it summed up my entire like horrible life at the time. And I like walked out of it being like, yeah, it's not so bad. Everything's fine. Yeah, and that's funny because when I saw that movie, um, I wasn't going through any kind of breakup. So it, it's funny knowing like if you watch that movie and you're going through a breakup, you can relate to it and draw something from it. And then when I wasn't going through a breakup, I really liked it, and I was it was very positive. Right, just yeah, like that end. that scene of like um, there's a very specific scene where they're the screen split in two, and it's like what he expects to happen and what actually happens when he goes to this party that she invites him to, like after they're yeah, broken up. Yeah, that was that was very. I'm good. like, oh my god, this is exactly what I do. <laughs> I'm always having these like, like wild expectations that all these things are going to happen, and then the exact reality of it is that it's not so you guys keep talking about how you saw it when i saw this movie i saw it in, in the theater well, so i'm can, sorry can i chime in for a second <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh you have no heart <laughs> 
when I saw this, I saw it in the theater, and um, the fan was broken in the theater. <laughs> um, so a lot of what the movie... So you could relate to that. Yeah, a lot movie, of what yeah. I heard in the movie was just... Uh, but no, you I drew nothing from this movie. <laughs> but I, but I really, really understand what you guys are saying. Right, and then like, and it's cool. You said like the visual concept is like it breaks into that animation at one point or whatever. It was very unique. It was. It was very cool. Uh, quick little fact about it I thought was interesting was um, I guess seventy five percent of what happens in the movie is based on uh, real life events of one of the writers. And, oh, cool. Um, I guess there was like a real hard um, trial and tribulations of uh, him trying not to vilify uh, Zoe Deschanel's character. Because obviously <laughs> she's the reason why they break up, and um, well, it's so funny because when people talk about that movie, I, I feel like the consensus is usually, "Oh, I hate Zoe Deschanel in that movie." Really, I totally see her bitch. side of it, though. I totally see her yeah, side. Yeah, towards the she end, just, it wraps like, up. wasn't ready for something super serious. And yeah. he really wanted it. And she was very honest with him. <laughs> Listen to us talking, to, to talking <laughs> about And you know what? And she's and now she has a steady job and, and a like husband. A, and he's finding someone of his own. It's like, <laughs> it's like things work out that. sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, like they're both friends and we didn't pick a side. Yeah, like, like we're like laying on the bed together just like talking about our friends. You guys uh. do that, right? Everyone does that? <laughs> I was uh. imagining like, you know, like a like slumber party scene. So yeah, my number five, uh, 500 Days of Summer, BWK. Uh, my number five is also kind of dry in the way that both of you guys is are, is dry too, but I, I'm I'm a fr- my number five is also very boring. <laughs> my <laughs> my number I'm, five is a cracker. <laughs> but I'm I'm afraid nobody's ever heard of this one. <laughs> cracker. Um, and if you haven't, it's on Netflix instant stream. Oh, so, here we go with so BWK's random things that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> this is my recommendation too. So yeah, it's called um, Raising Satan. <laughs> num- number five is Ceremony. Ceremony with Uma Thurman. It was close to Raising Satan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's Never actually it. it's a it's very Wes Anderson-y. If you like Wes Anderson, you'd like it too. Mm-hmm. It's basically the story of this guy Sam and his former best friend Marshall, and they go to this, they, like they go on like a road trip to go to this ceremony, and Marshall is kind of being tricked into into it because it's actually Uma Thurman's wedding. Uh, her character's name is Zoe in it, and um, weird and. Sam is in love with Zoe and he tries to get her to like run away at the wedding and it's a uh, it's really funny it's really sweet um it it's got some like great performances and it was really is it a is it a girl movie you mean like a chick flick I mean I didn't want to I didn't no, want to no, go there just because that's offensive no no it's I guess it's but I'm, is it like a, <laughs> a bitch film no 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 because they're, they're not like not right for each other Sam and Zoe and um, it's like a mistake on his part. It's it's kind of like a mis like a series of misfortunes, that kind of movie. Like he should never have gone there. It's really embarrassing that he did, and that kind of stuff. But he was doing this like big grand gesture. Well, he thought he was, but yeah. he's really just humiliating himself. Oh, that's that actually does sound kind yeah. of cool. And it's it's funny, but it's it's like sweet funny, you know, not like in the same way that some of those like romantic comedies like have like jokes in them. Mm-hmm. It's not like a romantic comedy in in that way. It, um, Do you know who directed it? I don't. I wish I had written that down. But it it, it feels like a Wes Anderson movie. Um, in fact, I even thought it was. In Wes what Anderson. way? Like visually? Visually, for sure. Yeah, the way that like the costumes are and the way that it's shot, kind of like you know, sunlit with a, a lot of detail. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of like vivid detail. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> great. How old the old but, man uh, is. But so, part of the reason why I wanted to see this movie is I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show, Pushing Daisies. But there's an actor on it who plays the main character. His name is Lee Pace, and he's great. And he doesn't do a lot of stuff. So I saw that he was in this movie, and I was like, okay, I'm going to check this movie out. And uh, 
he is incredible in it. He plays like this douchebag guy, but you totally understand why he's a douchebag and like what he's going for. He's a, a relatable dick. Yeah, like it, it, you'd be a douchebag too. I mean, he he's actually being Not like me. No, I mean if you always were in, you. if you were in his oh, position, <laughs> it's just a I don't know. It's just a really sweet movie. It's a. Have you heard of this movie, Matt? No. <laughs> it's on Netflix, guys. Watch it today. I think you'll really love it. It's got really cool dialogue. So it's only one copy, and it's being sold on Amazon <laughs> <laughs> for eight bucks. It's a. It's got really good dialogue. Really, um, really like snappy and uh, interesting. I think you guys will really like it. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Ceremony. 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 Cool. When did it come out? Um, two years ago. Ad. <laughs> 2 AD. <laughs> yeah, it came out two years ago. Okay. So it's pretty new. Cool. But I like fall asleep to it all the time because I love it so much. Oh, oh. it sounds yeah. <laughs> sounds real captivating. Oh, oh this movie is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just, I've seen it so many times I don't need to like watch it anymore. You know what I mean? I just put it on and you fall put asleep. it on for background noise. Yeah. Just like I would leave a, like a radio on for a cat. Yeah, or some people <laughs> some people put like a fan in the window. Right. <laughs> just for the, like the, the you sound. You put on ceremony. I with put on Uma <laughs> Thurman. <laughs> oh, I'm. I'm having trouble falling asleep. I should, uh, <laughs> should put on ceremony. Swoon to Uma. Oh, All right. Just go. Dual <laughs> man, number four. All right, so things are starting to get a little serious. We're at number four, all-time favorite movies. Yeah, so. th- th- these are pretty... This is so can, we, can we say that the, like these are our all-time favorite movies, but the ones we thought of, right? Do you guys agree with that statement? Like these... I feel like all the time something will come up and I'll be like, oh, crap, I should have put that on my yeah. list. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I had such a hard time with this because I know what are like my top three, but they're so different from each other, so it's not like I really like anyone better than the other, but then you guys are going to mention a movie and I'm going to like it and I'm going to be so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I know. Okay, so right. number four. <laughs> so number four. All right, number four, a movie that really uh, changed my opinion of movies is Pulp Fiction. Came out in 1994. Wow! Yeah, I Quentin expected. Tarantino's I expected this on the list somewhere. It's. I mean, not I don't to say you're predictable, but I mean, I predicted. I it. had to say it. I mean, it's it's funny because I saw Pulp Fiction probably around the same time when I saw Royal Tenenbaums when I started to just watch everything I possibly could. Jeez, what kind of twelve year old were you? You sound like the most. <laughs> I just remember like the gate being lifted and I could just watch anything and I needed to get it all like out of my system, and I watched. <laughs> the Royal Bombs and Pulp Fiction. I've actually, yeah, uh, I've never, back s- to back. I've never <laughs> seen Pulp Fiction in, it in like its entirety. I've seen like two scenes, and that's it. Really? Well, yeah. You get the gist then. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, I, I, I did get the. Actually, you know what? I realized I didn't realize until like maybe a year ago that it was like a bunch of like short vignettes. Vignettes, yeah. But they all yeah. are connected. Yeah. Um, that that was another movie that maybe I just remember watching it and thinking I'm um, watching something really special. Because um, it had swears in it. Because it was so sweary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I was. I mean, it really the, does feel the, like a great, like a great movie. When you're watching it, you f- get the feeling that you're watching it, a great movie. It still holds up. It's not like, oh, well, it was really good for the time because there was nothing like it. But I watched it. They played it over at the Somerville Theater, and I saw it like a couple months ago at midnight, and it's incredible. It's such a funny movie in a dark way, and there's drama, and it's gritty. And everyone in it is so great. And and Uma Thurman is in it. <laughs> I really didn't want to mention her. <laughs> well, she's in Ceremony, and we all know that that's a great movie. We all know that now. Um, right, yeah, now we know. People obviously consider it, like, Quentin Tarantino's best movie ever. Yeah, we're um, not. But, like, <laughs> since Pulp Fiction, I, like, I saw that, and I was like, who is the guy that directed this? And I, I was like, Quentin Tarantino. So... I tried to watch everything I could, and by that time it was just Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown and True True Romance. And uh, ever since then, like anytime he has a movie that comes out, like I on opening day I will go see that movie. 
It's such a treat every time he comes yeah, up with a new movie. He's uh, such like a cult leader in that way. Like people that follow Quentin Tarantino follow him like it, it, unquestionably. Yeah. Especially where he takes so much, he takes a lot of time between movies, so it's really exciting when something new comes out. And it's almost like when you get really excited when like a band comes out with a new record, you're like, "Oh, I'm so excited to hear what they've been up to." I'm deaf. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. About I don't know what music is. It's kind of like I've when uh, an author writes a new book in Braille, and you're really excited to like oh, see what that author's yeah. been up right. to. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can see, but I choose to read in Braille, right? Because exactly. I'm deaf. <laughs> because you're deaf. I didn't even <laughs> Braille. No, you, that was a bad joke. Are you okay? <laughs> um, They're all the same to me. <laughs> so, what was Quentin Tarantino's latest movie? Is that um, Django? Django. Django. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was really good. Not my favorite, but it was very good. And then the one before that was Inglorious Bastards. Bastards would might which might be my second favorite. So he was nominated for two Academy Awards for two of his movies, huh? Mm-hmm. Or is it more? Um, I wonder if he won anything for Pulp Fiction. Um, I can look it up. I right think that now. was that must have been nominated at the very least. Well, right? I mean, it won. Oh, yeah, it won. Well, I guess I should best have original screen pro- Way to go, BWK. Best original screenplay. I know. He got him on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it did win an Academy Award. Pulp Fiction did. Neat. For um, most racial slurs in a and film. And it won Best Picture. Oh my God, that's so much better than screenplay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they're both they're both achievements. <laughs> Somebody who won an Oscar for a screenplay is crying right now. Yeah, <laughs> Kristen Wiig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like each story has kind of a different style. Um, there's like the the boxing one with uh, Bruce Willis. So you've seen the you haven't seen the movie? No, I've seen it. I've no, actually seen it. seen it. I've seen I, it I, out of sequence, which is <laughs> crazy because the movie is out of sequence anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean the the structure really stuck out to me. The grittiness and uh, just I could talk forever about it. So we can move on if you want. Sure. <laughs> we'll do our top five of. I can't believe you guys haven't seen that. You fucking I've weirdos. seen it. I told you. I just saw it. I told you. Well, not Jaws, but I told you I saw it. Jaws? <laughs> what is that? What it sound like? Sometimes I, I get excited, my voice makes Jaws. no sense. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so my number four on my top five um, was a uh, another movie. It's kind of relation relationshipy and and someone is. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Um, but my number four was uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, oh, really good. Yeah, I wouldn't even have thought of that. I wouldn't have thought of it either. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a great movie. I know we I know we rag on Robin Williams for being insane. But I, I could I like it's not the movie fault. where he dresses like, up like a woman it's not for his, his kids. Fault. Is that Yeah, that that's Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> you know, where he's got the pie face. <laughs> hello. <laughs> that's the quote everybody always quotes. Whenever they quote Mrs. Delphire, it's always that hello. I tend to quote it's my goddamn kids too, <laughs> but uh, but it's not Robin Williams' fault. It's not his no. fault. But what, what it's I was totally his fault. I'm making a Goodwill <laughs> Hunting reference right now. Right. Oh, uh, forget <laughs> it. I, I got you. No, no, no. Don't make that sound effect. The joke was killer. There are <laughs> right. people out there that was who lost are, on me. They are, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to blame it on you. <laughs> there are people out there rolling around right now. So mad. But um, what I was going to say about Robin Williams is I like Robin Williams a lot when he's tr- playing a dramatic role. I think he, I think I think I like him more in a dramatic role than him as uh, Mork from Mork, Mork and Mindy. Mindy. Mork and Mindy gets brought up so much on this <laughs> podcast. I don't get it. Why? Does, I don't why know. are we like obsessed with Mork and Mindy? But, All um, I can say is Nanu Nanu, right, guys? I have never even seen it. But uh, that uh, Good Will Hunting for me was a uh, another movie that kind of like um, I took uh, took away like a life lesson from watching that movie, and that was like, you know, take the risk and go for what you want, kind of in life type of deal. <laughs> which um, <laughs> right? So like, how dare you? When do I it? when I need to take a risk, I just think about Good Will Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then I just do it. So it's like when I'm playing like mini golf, and I'm like, should I try to shoot it directly at the hole, or should I like go the you know way maybe try to bank it off the gator's head? And then you think, and then I and think then a good think Robin Williams saying it's my goddamn kids too. What? No, that's Mrs. Delphire. <laughs> What, oh. So, can you explain something to me that I've been thinking about for a while, and everyone's gonna make fun of me for? What does the title mean? Is his name good? Is his name Will Hunting? His name is Will Hunting. Got it. Is, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I got it. Did you see the movie? Yes, I saw it. But you didn't know that his name was Will Hunting. <laughs> I knew his name was Will. So when they called him Will, yeah, I got it. Okay. Did you no. think it was like Goodwill Hunting? Right, good like you think like he was hunter? like, like he was sifting through like well, piles I mean, of like sweatpants. Shouldn't there be a comma the there? Then there should be a comma there. Good comma. Will hunting. Oh, that's, it's a play on words. I think it should actually be a semicolon. Goodwill, hunting. Oh, wait, so you think the semicolon should come after will? <laughs> good. <laughs> good. I'm glad this podcast turned into discussing <laughs> the grammatical era of the title of Goodwill Hunting. Well, that's why you picked it, right? Yeah, that's because why. you just don't play by the grammatical rules. No, yeah, I'm a grammatical just, bad boy. <laughs> Just do whatever you want. And you're like, um, how are them apples? Yeah, one. Yeah, that's a that's a you know a famous scene from that movie. And um, one thing that it also did for me was it introduced me to uh, Elliot Smith because Elliot Smith does all the entire soundtrack to that movie. Oh yeah, that's right. So that's right. Yeah, and I was like that that ending scene where the credits are rolling and he's driving that shitbox car to California or Florida or whatever and. <laughs> Miss Misery. Two totally different locations. <laughs> right. Either way, I, I associate them as the same in my head. Um, <laughs> They're like literally on opposite sides of the coast. <laughs> but uh, Elliot Smith was playing, and I always wanted to know who it was. And I find like, then I, like, when we came out in 97, so I was 12. I didn't have a computer at the time. And then when I got one, I, I was watching the movie again. I was like, oh, I'm going to use the internet to find out <laughs> what song that is. <laughs> and it, it was that. And it led me down a path of uh, a lot of depression. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Elliot Smith, uh, and that movie being scored by him is pretty incredible and uh it that's, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's how I, I found out about elliot smith through uh royal tenenbaums which is my number five because that song needle in the hay did you guys, oh really did you guys ever see elliot smith singing on the oscars when he was nominated for goodwill hunting no, no. he looks so uncomfortable i bet <laughs> it, uh, that's like not his venue <laughs> even a little bit nope <laughs> yeah yep. so uh bwk what is your number four? Okay, it's going to be a movie that no one's ever heard of again. Fucking Jesus. But here's here's the deal. Like, I absolutely love this movie. And again, it's on Netflix if you guys haven't seen uh, it. Yeah, of course it is because it didn't get distributed anywhere else. <laughs> um, no, maybe you guys have heard it. It was pretty popular. Um, oh, I can't wait to hear this. It's it's Brick. No. Oh, no. Okay. That's oh. a popular movie. You've heard of Brick. Yeah. Okay, Matt, have you? No. <laughs> Brick was directed... By R- the guy Ryan who directed, uh, yeah, he directed Looper. Looper and the uh, Brothers Bloom. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Brothers Bloom? I've never seen that. Oh, it's so good. You should see that. That's not on my list. So what's but... Brick about? It better be about Arkanoid. I don't even know what Arkanoid is. Oh, you know God. what's funny? I just watched it for the first time um, a few nights ago, but I'm, I've been aware of it. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's actually Is it about excellent. Brick from uh, Anchorman? Yeah. No, it's about a, it's like... It's a spinoff movie. That would be awesome. Oh, okay. Okay, it's about... A, <laughs> because, oh, all right. <laughs> it's about a brick of heroin. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. But, uh, so, basically what it is, is it's kind of like a like a film noir. Well, it is. It's a film noir, um, which is... You, you guys are familiar with film noir? Duh. Yes. Okay. Well, just yeah. explain it. Okay, whatever. So, it's like detective movies from, like, the 40s and 50s. Um, things like Maltese Falcon and Double Indemnity. 
Dick. Uh, I was, was going to say Dick Van Dyke, but I meant to say Dick Tracy. <laughs> no, <laughs> Dick you're Tracy, right. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Tracy is uh, film noir. Um, Pulp uh, oh, Fiction can, has a lot of can I noir elements. Super quick, tell a story that's not related to Brick. It's about Dick Tracy. Uh, uh, this one time, I was talking to this girl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it so fast. I was talking to this girl, and she told me her favorite actress was Madonna. <laughs> and and like, I was certain that she was From? kidding. Yeah, so let me keep going. So then I was like, I was like, Madonna for real? And she's like, yeah, she's in this movie that uh, it, it's, it came out a really long time ago, like in the, I don't know, the, the 40s. Uh, it's called Dick Tracy. Are you fucking kidding I me? I can't believe how stupid that statement is. Not only is her favorite actress Madonna. But she thinks that she was making feature films <laughs> in, the in the 1940s. Yeah. And I I just, I like didn't Who even was have this that. person? Is she dead? Should I say her full name? Yes. No, no, I won't. <laughs> it's just some girl I used to work with. Just just say oh her first my. name and last initial. Uh, no, that's too obvious. I'll do it the other way. Why? Was it her last initial <laughs> X? Her first name was Anna. Anna? Oh my God, I know yeah. her. Of course oh you God, don't. Anna? Nobody knows her. I can't believe Anna would say something like that. <laughs> yeah. And now she's going to Harvard? That's so weird. She, <laughs> she died trying to time travel to the 1940s to meet her favorite actress, Madonna. <laughs> okay, let me real quick jump back into Brick. Okay, so um, it's got like it's like one of those like fast-talking detective stories, but it's got a really slow pace to it. So is well, it fast-talking, but they're just moving around slowly? Well, they're talking in like a, like a Californian kind of slang. Yeah, it no, like it's it's actually a really cool, like, hybrid of detective slang from, like, the 40s and 50s and, um, you know, California slang. There's some, like, all there's basically it's all kinds of slang that jam together. And it makes, like, almost kind of a, like, puzzly, cryptic, like, I had to watch the movie a couple times before I even really totally understood what was going on. Um, it's, it's very clever. I, I suggest you guys watch it more than once. Uh, some interesting facts about this movie. Well, first, it starts Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, so yeah, he's from five hundred days. I feel like that's um, you know, because he was obviously huge, like in um, Third Rock from the Sun and Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> Third but Rock from the Sun. This almost kind of reinvigorated his career. Yeah, kind of. He got a lot of like really positive uh, praise for it. When did this movie come out? Two thousand five. Oh, it's an older movie. Um, and it actually, I didn't write down when it came out, but I, I'll trust you on that one. Um, but I did write down how much money it made. It only made eighty three thousand dollars in its opening weekend. How much did it make to? How much did it cost to make? It had a theatrical release. It did. It had a theatrical release and a release and uh, to- a total domestic money that it made was two million. That's it. Wow. So it was technically a flop, but it was so critically acclaimed. Uh, that it, mu- it must have kind of a cult following now. Yeah. F- oh, for sure. And uh, he's and they've all gone on to do bigger and better things. Yeah, and Rain ja- Rain Johnson had like one of the biggest summer movies of last year. So I mean, the guy is not struggling. That's, right. That's the uh, director and the writer. He spent like f- I think it was like five or ten years writing this movie. Writing Brick. Writing Brick. Yeah. Hmm. It's really interesting. You guys should you guys should check it out. Brick is my number four. Yay! Cool. So we're moving on to the number threes, huh? Yep, we're in the uh, riding middle, the wave, middle of pack. Okay, so I want to preface this by saying. Ugh, I burped. Oh my <laughs> God, are you going to preface it with a burp? Oh, gross. Preface it by saying burp. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just this is getting terrible. Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying this is my favorite comedy. Oh, very ever. good. I love this. Okay, good. so... Now we'll know your number one movie when we, we do, do top five comedy movies. I am totally fine with that. Dink. Um, no, but... I, it was so hard for me to put this in number three because, it, in, in a lot of ways, it is my favorite movie. Um, my number three is Dumb and Dumber. Ooh, Ooh that's yeah. you know what? That's one of those movies where I just realized that I should have put it down. Yep, it is. 
so before you jump into funny. why you love it i just want to be negative for a second oh, mm-hmm. oh wow what a surprise sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> Br- bring it <laughs> uh, i saw this movie in the theater and my dad made us walk out <laughs> what why <laughs> what a horrible childhood memory it wasn't for him it was right after that scene that like you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world after he made that the sound my dad was like let's go <laughs> we wow <left>. so <laughs> Did he no, give you a I reason? I need to hear more about this. Did you and your brothers like beg him to take you to the movie, or I, you know, I don't even remember how we ended up. How there. was he so like? I'm giving this movie one shot. <laughs> it's got one joke. It messes up once. And if it once. fucks up once, <laughs> we are out of here. Did he give you a reason why? Uh, he just, it just wasn't for him. It still isn't. But if like it's that. not for him, it's not for anybody. Is apparently, your, is your is your dad like a? Like a professor at a <laughs> prestigious college? Is no. he offended? If you saw my dad on the street, <laughs> you would say, he? hey, I've got a movie to recommend. It's Dumb and Dumber. But it, it just didn't work for him. What? Wow. Speaking of Jim Carrey movies, um, my mom made us walk out of The Cable Guy. So my parents don't like Jesus. Jim Carrey. Jesus. My parents actually love Jim Carrey. but those two movies, Yeah. Well, like <laughs> on, on In Living Color and stuff. but They love him on Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like what they love is wasting money and paying for <laughs> three people to go to a movie well here's the, uh, the thing about the cable guy not to talk about no that no one but expected the cable guy to be the way it was yeah let's and the cable just, guy ended up not that. being what any of us wanted to see at the time but though since since then i've really grown to respect right. that at and the time though everyone was like oh a fun jim carrey farce the yeah. cable guy and it totally isn't yeah so but, but anyway let's, talk about Dumb and Dumber. let's do that <laughs> let's do that sorry um dumb and dumber holds up probably i think it's funnier now as an adult than i did when i was a kid agreed um i'll tell my dad that jim carrey's get your your dad over here jim carrey's physical comedy in that movie kills me every time um the part where he is daydreaming and he's thinking about like what his life would be like with lauren holly's character mary and uh they're in the restaurant and he goes to fight. <laughs> he goes to fight like the oh the God. army of waiters and the sous chef. He th- at one point he throws this kick and like his knee goes <laughs> as high as his head. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. Um, some of the faces he makes in that scene. Um, one of my favorite lines is when they're in the hot tub together, and um, they're talking about heartbreak and Harry is like, oh, yeah, you know, talking about heartbreak. And Jim Carrey goes, what's wrong, Harry? Like, little Philly, break your heart? Nah, Harry goes, nah, it was a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a a freaking excellent movie. There's really not much to be said about that movie because everybody knows it. so incredibly quotable. Um, Yeah. yeah. It will live forever. It's one of those movies that will live forever. I can always put it on. and like, It's never like, oh, I regret putting on Dumb and Dumber. I put it on. I'm like, I'm so, I do not regret this whatsoever. Right. The replay value is just incredible. Do you feel like Dumb and Dumber sort of like made you, the like shaped the comedy that you have today? I can't think of an to- intelligent to- way to ask that question. No, totally. And it's funny because I remember I, um, I, I mentioned in, when we were talking about TV shows when I was a kid, we talked about In Living Color because I loved Jim Carrey so much. So to see that, like I liked Ace Ventura when that came out, of course. But Dumb and Dumber was so like extreme and like so silly that when that came out, I was just obsessed. And I used to like go to people and I'd be like, "Hey, who do you really like? I like Jim Carrey." <laughs> just to like have a conversation. Well, as uh, as oh, we know, you guy. you loved um, In Living Color, so we know that you were a big fan of Jim Carrey to begin with. Right. right. I right. didn't like anyone else. <laughs> Never. All right. So uh, Dumb and Dumber, good good choice. It is a great choice. Yeah. Um. So I mean, my, my dad wouldn't agree, but. 
Yeah. Well, you know we have him like as write an email to top five of death at gmail.com. Yeah, can you have him write, explain why he doesn't like that movie? If my dad can figure I, out I how to use a, f- a keyboard, I'll have him write an email. <laughs> Excellent. He I expect understand a full, why they're not in order. I expect a full dissertation by your dad. <laughs> okay. Right. I'll let him know. <laughs> Mr. BWK. <laughs> um, so my number three is um, for a long time, this was my number one. Mm-hmm. So hmm. it's gotten push back a little bit and that's the other thing too this this list could change it at any time let's say this podcast goes on for 10 years i which know, it w- hopefully doesn't right go ahead. <laughs> imagine we're still doing this 10 years for now. oh my god it could change is what i'm is what i'm saying but yeah. um so but right now as of this moment my number three favorite movie um is the nightmare before christmas okay oh very good i um wouldn't make my top 10 we we talked about oh, this wow. last week yeah about we, how we both love this movie. We talked about this right. last week. And we sell me on this movie right now. Um, well, it's uh, it's visually uh, great. I I love it. I love um, it's just pretty much Tim Burton's world. Um, I feel like it's the way he wants, th- like how he would imagine a world to be. What uh, did it, did he didn't direct that movie? He did not direct it. What he, did he do? He um, he wrote it and he produced it. Um, he did write the movie. It's funny. That's like considered like the epitome of of his work but he didn't even direct it no yeah. it's it's um the nightmare for christmas was based off of a poem tim burton wrote right years earlier mm-hmm. um and then it um it just kind of grew from there it took three years to finish because uh stop motion takes so long which is yeah stop motion is grueling oh yeah and uh so to like think about that to think about to like grasp the concept of how stop motion is and to watch that movie it's awesome okay Every, and that, that movie will look good forever because of the way they did it yeah it's it's so good and the, the score and the songs are are so good danny elfman does the music obviously because his music's always great right all, the, the songs are great um being a big fan of halloween as i am oh well, actually i should probably attribute the fact that i love halloween as much as i do because of that movie yeah i feel the same way so um but um like the uh like jack skellington and sally and like all like just all the characters is, is it movie. is it funny Oh, you've never seen it. I like. I have, but not since I was a kid. I haven't revisited. Oh, really? That movie. You oh, should really watch it. You really should. They release it like um, every Halloween or every Christmas um, in 3D in, in theaters. Is right. it a Christmas movie or is it a Halloween movie? It's e- either it's or. Both. I'd say it's more of a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's more about like so. It's basically about like a skeleton from the Halloween world. Uh, world wants to be Santa Claus so he goes to the Christmas world and becomes Santa Claus and he like fucks everything up uh, yeah yeah, yeah. well because he's got like the principles of somebody who's who lives in in hollow in a Halloween world right but he's like trying to make them jolly but they're all mm-hmm. like spiders and, and monsters <laughs> and, and stuff right. little creeps yeah it's really good there's Th- a scene in it I'm sorry to no. cut you off there's a scene in it when um, we were trying to get my grandmother to take us to see it when we were younger because uh, she used to take <laughs> us to movies all the time. She um, wouldn't walk out of a movie. Can I say my favorite part of these podcasts is hearing your childhood stories? <laughs> <laughs> so my grandmother my grandmother rules. She took us to see Aladdin seven times. And so the girl, the lady has... Uh, she took you to an early bird matinee. <laughs> yes. The lady has uh, patience. But so we were we were trying to convince her to make us, uh, to take us to see Nightmare Before Christmas, and she was like, well, you know, I want to see the trailer or whatever, and it came on TV, and uh, she was like, okay, this is good, it's a Christmas movie, it's got some scary stuff, which kids love, and then there's a scene where he, like, uh, one of the kids pulls a severed head out of um, of a present. <laughs> a present, yeah. Yeah, so, like, because <laughs> that, that's what he gets from the Halloween 
from Jack Skellington. A severed head. A severed head. Right. That's what he gets for Christmas. Okay. And he pulls it out of the box and like the family screams or whatever. And my grandmother was like, you are not seeing this movie. <laughs> oh, no. That is one step too far. Yeah. <laughs> However, we would... ended up seeing it anyway. But, you know. hey, uh, before we move on, a quick fun fact about that movie. There is, there is one scene in that movie that is not stop motion. It is a live action scene. What? Do, really? Yeah. Do you know what scene it is? No, I don't. There's a there's a scene. It's when um when Sally's trying to poison uh, Doctor Finkelstein, mm-hmm. and it's the scene where she takes the slotted spoon, and scoops up the soup. Oh. Yeah, and like all the the poison soup goes through the slotted spoon, and she takes a sip out of it. But the scene where she that that spoon scene that's an actual live action uh, I won- scene. I wonder why. Very um, cool. How you? because well, they they didn't want it to. How do you animate liquid? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, there will also never be a. Sequel to that movie, it's uh, Tim Burton's very, very, very against it. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, in one of the Kingdom Hearts games, do you know Kingdom Hearts? I know of the game. They they made like a pseudo sequel to it, and it was a very popular level in the Kingdom Hearts games, the Nightmare Before Christmas ones, and um, they made a Nightmare Before Christmas video game on the PlayStation Two called like Revenge of Oogie Boogie or something. Ooh. And it's this it's the pseudo sequel to it. Hmm. So I didn't know that. Um, maybe I'll have to check it out. Well, yeah. what about do you like Corpse Bride? I like it. Yeah, is See, it just I, as good? I no. hate Corpse Bride. It's it's nowhere near as good as Night Before Christmas, but I like it. I saw it once and I was like, mm, that's enough for me. It was cool. It is just it, the songs weren't as good. And the story wasn't as solid. So you like the movie for the songs? The oh, songs are so good, Dooley. But you like it for the aesthetics? I like it. Yeah, I like it for everything. Okay. I could I can quote like that's one of those movies I can recite front to back like the dialogue and all the songs and everything. Let's, let's do it. All right, sure. No, 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 no. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. I, I was hoping you'd call my bluff. <laughs> no, no. Let's start from the beginning. Touchstone Pictures presents. Actually, right, I could away. probably start from the beginning. <gasps> Boys and girls. Oh, no. That's the first line to the whole movie. <laughs> oh, I just got goosebumps. Well, there is a narrator at the beginning. Eh, forget it. Should I just move right in? Please. Yeah, go ahead. Number three. Okay. My number three is, I hope nobody disagrees with this because it's an incredible movie. Uh, came out in 1996 and really was what this genre needed in 1996. And uh, that movie is Scream. Oh, yeah. Okay. Disagree. You disagree. You don't like Scream. Not so much. I am baffled. I I get it. I get it. You get what? Why he likes it or why I don't like it? I get why. I get its appeal. I get It's a satire. Yeah. It's almost like a parody of, of horror movies. Yeah. But it really, but what it did it was it did something really clever, which is it parodied horror movies, but also was scary. Uh, it's it may not hold up as scary today because it's it's been parodied so much, which is kind of right. like, um, yeah. Oh my god, that, I can't stop thinking of that when I see the movie. <laughs> but uh, but the thing is that um, I can't believe I have to defend Scream. I was defend I was I was uh, I barely wrote anything down about it because I was like, oh well, we're, we're just gonna have lively conversation about Scream because there's there's nobody. That's Why do you scream. dislike Scream? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I thought it was kind of. Uh... I didn't. Well, I didn't think the acting was that great. I also didn't. I didn't like the premise of the story. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the whole satire breaking of the fourth wall type of shtick that it had to it. I thought it was like not that I like it was like a sacred thing or anything, but um. But for the time, that was really innovative. I it guess still so. Is. I just. I just didn't like it. I thought it was like the the problem. All right. So for me, when it comes to, I know this might be sounding like a little little stupid or whatever, and, and that's fine. But it's my own reason. Movies that have um, like when it comes to like a thriller or a ho- uh, like a horror movie, when it comes to like there needs to be something about the killer, there needs to be like something about them that makes them like just 
if I can, like, if if the problem is easily oh solved, spill it, man. If the problem is easily solved by cracking them in the face with a blunt object, it, it I can't get into it. I just can't. But do it. But they were human. They weren't like monsters. They were. That's human. my point. But the the only other thing that saves that is like I can watch a movie about uh, like a serial killer if the serial killer is like a genius or preys on like the very weak. Okay, so in that case, it doesn't fit a lot of your criteria. Right. Yeah. Well, so I just didn't. Did you like Sleepaway Camp? Not because I thought it was an excellent movie. <laughs> Well, the thing about Scream is that it is an excellent movie. It is. Uh, you bastard. I mean, think think of like the other horror movies that existed before Scream did. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we like Cabin in the Woods because it was so, it's so innovative and refreshing. Right. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. So was, I mean, at the time that was going to be my honorable mention. At the time, Scream was a refreshing movie. Yeah, it really was. I mean, think of the other horror movies that came out that year. I wrote some of them down. Well, there was a fourth uh, Hellraiser movie that came out. Jack Frost <laughs> about a killer snowman. <laughs> Lawnmower Man 2. <laughs> the sequel to Lawnmower Man. Holy shit. Revenge of the Lawn. It's okay. called Beyond Cyberspace. The Dentist. And a and a Children of the Corn 4. So please, Scream okay. needed to come out. Okay. Hellraiser 4 is not bad. It's not. Oh well, it's it's a fourth Hellraiser movie. Is my point? It's like the industry really needed like a new. Have you really new blood. seen Hellraiser four? Yeah, <laughs> I like I, I love uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Pinhead Would you Zen. choose Hellraiser four over Scream? Yes. Good wow. grief. Okay, so let me just talk a little bit about Scream then. So one of the things that I I love about Scream, Matt just dropped his phone, so that was what that sound was. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he dropped it. I think he smashed it on the ground because he has to listen to you talk about Scream. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna be so quick though because I know I'm running out of time here, but. Uh, so, uh, S- Scream um, w- is like the... Oh, God. Now I feel like I'm on a lot of pressure. So, it was one of the top grossing movies of 1996 uh, in a year where Independence Day, Twister, Mission Impossible, and Jerry Maguire all came out. So, 1996 is one hell of a year for movies. Yeah. Don't you guys agree? Matt, do you agree? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. But, uh, so anyway, it is... It's just a really clever uh, horror movie. It does it does things so, like... It makes... it. It is a horror movie for horror fans, for slasher fans. I would even argue that it's barely a horror movie. I don't know. It's I, more of a like a a slasher film. Well, yeah, but what it, the fuck is the difference? I think it qualifies as a horror movie. But here's here's another part. What's the difference? The the movie franchise, the Scream franchise, is so clever. The first movie parodies slasher films. The second movie parodies sequ- horror sequels. The third one parodies trilogies. And the fourth one, the one that just came out recently, which I actually really liked. Uh, parodies reboots and i just think that that's like that's so clever and when i was younger and i saw this movie i was so scared to see it firstly and then when i did i um i, I like didn't i didn't get that you know that part didn't land with me that mm-hmm. it was a i just thought it was a scary movie but as i get an, as i get older and i i can really appreciate the scream series did you and your brothers watch this movie together i wish i could have saw yes this. <laughs> do you want to hear a tale i really do okay when i was younger i was so scared to see this movie but my neighbor who uh, was a girl <laughs> she had gone to see it in the theater and i had her explain to me and my and my twin brother kevin had uh, her explain to me everything that happened, <laughs> everything right down to like you couldn't watch, but you could hear the. I need like I need to know. You should have read the novel. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really needed to know what was going to happen, but I I like was too afraid to watch it. <laughs> and then I remember when I did watch it, it was when it came out on video, and I uh, I like put it I put it in the VCR up in my bedroom, and me and my brothers like sat around and we were like watching it with all the lights on and, and like through my fingers and stuff. <laughs> and I just, I, oh man, I have such fond memories of school. I, I wish I got to see that movie with your dad so he could have ushered me out in the middle <laughs> of it. 
My dad would hate Scream. Was that, is that so you wouldn't have to watch the entire thing? Hell yeah. <laughs> Matt, I am so shocked that you don't like Scream that I want to move right along. <laughs> All right. Yeah, go ahead. Wow. Number two, Duel Man. <laughs> All right, number two. All right, so this movie I saw in the movie theater for my... I w- it was literally my 16th birthday, and I... <laughs> did this on my 16th birthday 16 candles uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind oh, oh very good that's cool yeah that's um, a good one it that's a very sad movie too uh here's the thing though i can watch that movie when i'm in a good mood and when it ends i have this hopeful feeling i can watch this movie when i'm a, when i'm in a bad mood and it just makes me feel way more depressed hmm. because they are inevitably doomed <laughs> sorry <to> re- about that <laughs> thanks for cracking your ginger ale <laughs> B2BK drinking a Fago over here. <laughs> it's a, a Z- Zenvia? Oh, yeah, of course. I always drink things of like, names I can't pronounce. <laughs> okay, um, I'm sorry. I made you. I interrupted you by opening that can. Have, have you guys seen this movie? Yeah. 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 Yep. You, you've both seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I uh, went to go see it in the theater, and they cut the credits off, and um, then they gave us our money back because they cut off the credits. <laughs> oh, weird. Because it like, ended at like midnight or something, and the th- people in the theater just wanted to get out of there. And they like they're like we're so sorry we had to cut the movie short, <laughs> but we're like, where d- where did it end? Like after the credits started rolling during the uh, announcement of the best boy grip. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny that you say that. So like we were uh, we were going to get our tickets back. I'm like hijacking your story totally. But no, no, please. We, we were going to get our tickets back, and because like the usher was like, oh, go get your tickets back. We had to cut the movie out. And, uh, <laughs> and we'd seen the whole movie. It was just the credits, and there was like a night security guide <laughs> standing there. And we were like waiting for the manager to show up, and he's like, "Why do you Why do you care about getting your money back?" He's like, "What well, do you want to know who the best bo- best boy is? <laughs> I could tell you who it is. It's someone's son." And we were like, "Okay, well, we, <laughs> I mean, right, gee, thanks. Give me my goddamn uh, money." Yeah, like why wouldn't we Why wouldn't we get our money back? You Sounds know? like a hilarious security guard. Wait, well, who Who offered to give you your money back? The usher came in, and he was like, "We have to cut the movie short." But it, but it was like the credits were rolling, and we were just like talking about the movie sitting in the theater, and. uh and he was like, "So go back, go to the concession stand, and they'll give you your money back," which hmm. was pretty, pretty great. Wish they did it every time. Actually, no, I, I don't. Because now there's so many like, stingers these days, I'd be pissed. He was like a 17 year old usher, and he just like made that decision on his own. Like, <laughs> Sorry, sir. You I'm gonna give these your kids. money back. <laughs> doing these kids injustice by making them leave. But but why don't you talk about it a little bit? Because I have now talked about it a lot. Um, yeah. Well, I have a I have a story about when I first saw it, and then I'll talk about the movie. But um, I saw it on my 16th birthday, and I went with like some random people from school who like were like yeah i'll go see a jim carrey sounds like a hoot you know (laughs) and it's at 16 it's it's kind of a confusing movie especially like for me it wasn't really because i had been brilliant (laughs) for me i understood it right away right (laughs) you and your prolific jacket and your leather patches and prolific so i make a lot of jackets yeah Yeah. all right Uh, please don't pretend like you don't (laughs) i've seen your jacket press or whatever it is not turn this (laughs) this into my jacket business (laughs) shamelessly self-promoting his jacket business no what i was trying to say was i had been used to seeing a lot of movies um so i was really into it and i went with some like people from school who I didn't really hang out with at the time, but people who are just like, yeah, I'll I'll go see this movie with you. And they were complaining the entire movie. They're like, I don't get it. I I just want to go see a Disney movie. (laughs) And I remember who the hell are you going to this movie with? I don't know. Some horrible, awful people. Just say their first name and their last initial. Uh, I think it was, I want to say, I want to say Julie Hudson. Oh, you said her full name. (laughs) It's fine. If you're listening, remember that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
but definitely I just, not. I'm, you're definitely not listening. But if you are, remember when you ruined the Turtle Sunshine for me in the movie theater? Like, what? Poor Jules. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't say her name again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I... I um, was had a really bad experience seeing it in the movie theater, but I I really liked it. And when it came back out on on uh, video, that's when I really really decided I loved this movie. It gives me the same feeling every time I watch it, which is this like hopeful but slightly depressed feeling. You know how they they meet in their dreams. Can you quickly just explain to people who might not have forgotten what this movie if is about? If you haven't seen this movie, it's about um. Jim Carrey is in it, and Kate Winslet. So, once again, Jim Carrey, who who is phenomenal in this movie. And you have two of his movies on your list. I oh, do. Oh, jeez, Louise. Yeah. Well, I, that's how diverse he can be. Um, yes. So, he's in a relationship with Kate Winslet, and she goes to this business um, where she can get her memories erased. So, she, um, they break up, and on impulse, she goes to this place where she gets her memories of him erased from her mind. So he tries to make up with her, and she's like, I don't know who you are, basically. So Weird. he's all, like, freaked out by it. His friends and family receive a letter from this company saying, like, don't talk to him about it. But one of his friends spills the beans, so he finds out about this company that does, like, mind erasing. Um, so he can't handle the breakup. He's in such emotional distress that he winds up electing to do it himself. So the whole movie takes place in his dreams, which are being erased. So you're seeing their entire relationship kind of unfold in his memories. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, they're being erased, and midway through the movie, he becomes self-aware that he, you know, he's living his memories, but he is aware that he's dreaming and that his memories are being erased. So he's trying to store her in, like, a different part of his brain and, and like, keep her so he but doesn't lose the memory That complexity of storytelling it's, is such a Charlie Kaufman kind of thing. Like, it, all of his movies yeah. are so are so uh, complex that Especially way. like, yeah, adaptation and uh, being John Malkovich. And to a lesser degree, like Synecdoche. Did you see Synecdoche? I never saw that. It's pretty good. I'd recommend it. I, I like Is it Charlie on Netflix? A no, you, you should watch Ceremony and, and uh, Brick first. But and then, yeah. Uma Thurman's... That's Ceremony. <laughs> documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was directed by um, Michelle Gondry. Who, there's a lot of effects in the movie, and all, almost all of them were done in camera. Which is really cool too. On top yeah, of that's, it, also, that's it's awesome. visually really nice, and mm-hmm. it's oh, it's just such a fucking good movie. So yeah, and Matt, good. have you seen it? You haven't said a word. Yeah, yeah, I have seen it. I don't remember too much of it. I just remember um, you need to rewatch this movie seriously. Well, the only story I have about it is that I rented it from Blockbuster and I never returned it. So, so you still own it? Uh, yeah, somewhere it's in a Blockbuster case. <laughs> you must you must have such a hard, high uh, late fee. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I stumbled all over that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, um, your late fee must be a lot of money. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, I highly, highly recommend it. It is, it is so good. Just the the feeling of the fact that they're interacting, but not in life, like somewhere else. It's, oh, it's yeah, I, I love it. Mm. I think that's a great choice. Right. Great choice. How many times does he reference Fire Marshal Bill in the movie? Seven times. It's that's actually a spinoff. It's a spinoff of, of Fire Marshal Bill. He yeah. actually is Fire Marshal Bill. He's like, uh, um, you know. Excuse me, Kate Winslet? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, what's up, Jim Carrey? <laughs> and he's like, let me tell you something, right? <laughs> oh, God. God. Maybe we should move on. <laughs> All right. It's time to move on. <laughs> so my number two. Such a bad I fire marshal bill. Kill myself right <laughs> My number two. Let that. me tell you something. Uh, my number two is a recent movie. Um, I am obsessed with it. And it's a, if anybody who knows me personally knows what this movie is, 
then you'll know why I like it, and that is The Avengers. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's such a good movie. It was superb. Even it was for someone, I don't, I like superhero movies, but I'm not a huge comic book guy or a super Marvel Universe kind of guy. Yeah. And I really like that movie. It was so good. Like, the for, for such a, a big project that they did, like, the whole concept of how it came together with all the, uh, like, stingers and all the previous Marvel movies and how they introduced... Um, most, like all the other characters in the, within their own movies and like all the uh, post credit scenes they did leading up to this there was so much hype like they had a lot riding on this movie it so yeah. easily could have failed oh, because of that and so easily and but like and it has such a wide appeal it's it's funny and it's, yeah it's it, it's a really it spans all like you know genres and tastes but um one thing i really liked about it was um how not one character dominated the movie. It was so well balanced. Oh my God. I can't believe. I, I am like in awe of that fact. Yeah, that was. It was like right, perfect. They like so many characters, and each of them are pivotal to the story. Right. Yeah, and like it was just like the the movie was about the Avengers as a team, not about Tony Stark or Bruce Banner. Well, they each have one of their each have their own movie for that. Exactly, but I'm yeah. just saying, you know, you you would think like as far as storytelling goes that it would like it would kind of base around. Like a single movie or should, a single it, character. It could have easily been Iron Man three. Oh, easily. It could have very easily been Iron Man three. Right, because that was such a smash, is what you're saying. Yeah, but it wasn't. So you think they would have capitalized on that? Um. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely the big player going into the movie. Yeah. But um, I don't I, know. I have a quick story about how I saw that movie. Did your dad make you leave? <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, I I went to go see it for the second time with my friend Brian, uh, which everybody knows. Um, and we were uh, in the theater and it was, it was playing, you know, we're about 20 minutes in or whatever. And, um, the fire alarm went off. Oh my God. You have terrible luck at movies. Have you ever been in a movie when the fire alarm's gone off? Uh, no, but I would imagine it being chaos. Uh, yeah, it's mayhem. People are just like flooding out of the theater. Like, uh, you know, just everybody like terrified and then everyone is flooding out of the theater terrified. But they're running to guest services to get their money back. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and oh my then god! The building's on fire. Go get your money. The manager come out and say, "Why you guys want to get your money back?" <laughs> no, no. He was like, "Oh, we had to cut the movie short. You guys <laughs> get your money back." One, uh, one, uh, one funny story. Uh, the so the first time I saw it, I saw it obviously opening night. Um, I, no word of a lie. This is like the first time this has ever happened to me. Um, I cried. I was. Over, I was literally first time you've ever cried was in the Avengers. ever once because I thought I was a robot up until now, <laughs> but uh, no, I I've never felt so overcome with emotion that it brought me to tears. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, hold oh, that, hold man. that in, Julie. <laughs> oh, you shut your mouth. Yeah, Julie, <laughs> totally let the men, uh, you know, I'm shit. pouring my heart out here. Yeah, his I know, soul. and I'm making fun of you. <laughs> uh, All right, tell um, me why. Tell me why, because I don't remember that movie having like an emotional. No, crux. there wasn't. There was no emotional crux or. Anything to it at all? Was it when the Hulk smashed a bus? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is when it happened, and you're very, you're very close. So so just so anybody knows, the Incredible Hulk is one of my two favorite uh, comic book characters, and the scene where the Avengers finally team up and they're they're <laughs> come on, pull it together, Dooley. <laughs> Dooley is breaking. The, he's gonna cry from laughter in a minute, but um, it's the scene where um, so. They finally like all culminate with the Avengers and like the uh, they all have their backs to each other, and Captain America's calling the shots. And then when he goes, <laughs> and when he gets to the Hulk and he goes, Hulk, 
smash. And he like smiles and like leaps off and just starts fucking shit up. I was like, I didn't know what was happening. Like my chest was getting like tight and like my girlfriend looked over at me. She looked over at me and there was like, my eyes were welled up and she was like, are you crying? And I was like, I think I am. And like I literally cried during the Avengers because I was the Hulk went on a rampage. No, okay, you, <laughs> listen, listen to it. Let me defend myself. No, no, here. you don't have to because no, you don't have to. I, because I think that that is perfect. That is like such a, a reaction that you had to a movie that you were excited about. Like sometimes I get like I get like I basically cry at every movie I ever see. But um, I most of the, the things that really get me in movies is when they've done a good job. Right. Yeah. And like so, so pretty much I for me, I haven't cried in twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much for me, like seeing that it was like the movie was so good, like we were saying, that like reading comic book comic books for as long as I have, and to like see this thing happening and like in front of me, like the I don't way think I the wanted, thing was in that movie. No, he was not. Thank God, he will be don't eventually. Do that. <laughs> but um, he uh, but like just to like see it on screen, it was just like really kind of surreal, and it was so well done, and it was like everything I wanted, and it was just like it was just too much for me at the time, and I just started leaking from the eyes. They they did such a good balance of giving the fans like doing fanfare without undermining the core audience of people who right. don't give a shit about the books. And my gripe with the new, did you, have you guys seen the new Superman movie? No, spill it. I did. It was very nerdy. Yeah, it was. So for the fact that they ruined it, but keep going. <laughs> I just felt like, to say what you're saying, like it had a wide appeal, but it also catered to the fans. Um, a contrast to that is I saw the new Superman movie, and it, I felt like excluded because I don't know much about Superman. It was very, very nerdy. Well, here's one thing you, you everyone knows about Superman is that uh, he doesn't kill, and, well. <laughs> Who did he kill? I don't want to ruin well, it. Well, yeah. It's, not, it's, it's, God, it's, I still haven't seen it, dude. It's still kind of out, so. Yeah, I haven't even seen it. <laughs> if for anybody who saw it, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, who now kill, you kind of It doesn't it. really matter who he kills because he dies at the end, so it's fine. Right. I know. He, that, he eats that relish that oh, looks let's like move. Relish. kryptonite. Let's move on. All right. BWK number two. Okay. I'm going to really bring the mood down a lot here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, my... This movie was only played once, and it only aired halfway <laughs> through. Mm-hmm. My number two is Requiem for a Dream. Oh, man. Oh, really? Geez. I can only guess what your number That's one your is. That's your number two? That's my number two. I and couldn't watch it more than once. I know. I've seen it a I've lot. Al- I've seen it twice, maybe. I, co- I I saw it once, and I made the deliberate decision to never watch it again. And I think that that's what makes it such a good movie. See, the, m- Some of the movies I put on this list are just movies that like have affected me in a way that w- was memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Requiem was one of them. I think that yeah. an- anybody who sees it feels that movie. I th- oh, I felt so dirty yeah. after that movie. Yeah, I, I did too. I wrote down on here that um, after I'd seen it the first time, I had to have other people see it. I had to show it to them because I wanted to like inflict this on them. Mm-hmm. So Because I was like miserable and I needed them to be miserable <laughs> you too. You wanted to ruin their week too. Y- yeah, I really did. It ruined like, my next day. Yeah, it, it really is such a powerful movie. It's basically a movie for people who don't know. It's a movie about drug addiction and like how how low you can get. Right. It made that. it made me a worse person after watching it. <laughs> yeah, and it's got uh, it's got Jared <laughs> Leto in it, drug addict. Jennifer Connelly, uh, Connelly, excuse me, uh, Marlon Wayans, Ellen Bernstein, and it's just like I don't know. It's such a good movie. It's a f- it's basically like three three separate stories of people that are addicted to drugs, but they're all related to each other in some way or another. And uh, they just go really dark. Yeah, yeah they do. So um, after it's so pathetic, like um, when he keeps stealing that TV from his mom. Oh yeah. my god! And she's so sweet, but then she gets addicted to pain and uh, to um, <laughs> to diet pills. Oh. Yeah. 
But uh, anyway, oh god, I wish I didn't bring it up. Now I'm like depressed. Ass to it's ass. such a it's Ooh. such a depressing movie. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, meow. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, so uh, one of the things, another thing, a funny story about it. it well, maybe not even funny. But uh, my mom was friends with like my um, my school guidance counselor. No, not guidance counselor. Like social Drug worker dealer. or whatever. The, did you guys have you guys had school social workers, right? I had a guidance counselor. Yeah, I mean, well, I didn't like go. I didn't like go to the social worker there or whatever. I don't even know what. What maybe she was a guidance problems counselor. At, problems at home. BWK. <laughs> no, no, no. My friend, my mom was just friends with her, and uh, I showed. I said to her, "Oh, you should show," because she used to te- teach a class on like basically how to be a person mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is how you balance your checkbook and this is how you manage your life uh and um it was for like at risk people she would teach oh, this, okay. cl- this class so i was like oh you should show this movie in your class and she was like oh it's rated r there's no way we'll we'll get to to show it and i was like jeez this is the unrated version but i gave <laughs> i gave her the movie anyway and i was like you should just watch it did you prep it did you prep her for it at all no not at all you what, yeah. what grade was this this i was a senior Oh, okay. In that's high school, so, that's not so bad. So um, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I did. So I um and and she was like in her fifties. <laughs> so I gave her the movie and she watched it. And it took. She said it took her a week to watch it because she had to keep pausing it and being like, "I need to step away," because wow. it was just so, so powerful for her. And um, she petitioned the school to allow them to show it. And now, oh my god, they still show it in her class. No to way. This day. Yeah. Wow. Weird. And she has my copy. So if she's <laughs> it, unless she has bought a new copy, she is showing my copy in the in the high school. That I, That's that so I weird. Went to. You are somewhat responsible for showing tons of high schoolers a double sided dildo ass to ass scene in a movie. Hey, I was gonna do it eventually. So. <laughs> Congrats! No, that's a that's a crowning achievement. Yeah, so I mean, that's I wish not, I could say that. I got that's nothing. not what that whole movie is, although it does have that pretty graphic scene. Oh, it's super graphic. Everything in that movie is graphic, and it's so important. And I feel like people should see it if they don't, because I will never friggin' touch drugs because of it. <laughs> and that's just that's just part of it. Yeah. Wow, that's a good number two. Yeah. What do you guys think? You want to move on to number ones? Could we? Wait, can, were you, can I? Were you done? Can I? Yeah. Well, before I, I finish, can I quickly ask? Um, have you guys? You guys have seen it, right? And yeah, yeah. And you guys, have, yeah, I've seen it. Okay, cool. Just wanted to um, double check. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it made me feel miserable. <laughs> yeah, I feel now even talking about it, I I I kind of want to get help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do number ones. Right. Yeah, great. Wait a, oh, man, you really, really I knew, I knew it. Wait, we we went to freaking Avengers, and everyone was all like excited about how great that movie was, and then I was like, oh hey, remember that movie with all the drug addicts? <laughs> let's just move on. All right, guys. So here we are. Number one. We made it. We're here. Let's do it. Um, If you guys have met me, you probably are aware of what my number one movie is. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. And that is 19... (laughs) I want to say something different (laughs) to catch you guys (laughs) off guard. That is my natural instinct. But I won't. Okay, so my number one is Little Women. <laughs> Fried green tomatoes. <laughs> what women want. <laughs> 13 going on 30. <laughs> Go ahead. Christ. My number one. <laughs> my number one is Back to the Future. Whoa. Oh. Did you guys both ha- completely know that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we knew that. <laughs> you have right. a freaking tattoo. I do. Um, it, I mean, I, I had to do it. It's funny because a lot of times people say, like, what's your favorite movie? And I say, well, it's Back to the Future, but... <laughs> Let's talk about something like, Right now, it's something... Like, it will always, always be my number one favorite movie of all time. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Um, they thought the movie was going to bomb. <laughs> and it, totally and it turned didn't. out to be the bomb. It was <laughs> the bomb. Um, you guys have both seen this movie, of course. Yeah, but I'm still kind of shuddering at that the bomb joke that yeah, Matt no. just made. <laughs> that really wasn't me. That was you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. real funny BWK. <laughs> yeah, rewind it, everybody. <laughs> Make sure to vote for my list. <laughs> um, no, but... Why, why do you say unfortunately you've seen no, it? I'm just like tra- it? Um, no, I like it. I'm just busting your chops. He said it was the bomb. Okay, well, consider them busted. Right. Um, <laughs> chops everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say besides the fact that it's incredible, and I love it every time I watch it. Um, do you like the sequels? I love the sequels. Even the third one? Yes. What about oh. the fourth one? Will never happen. What about... So, uh, I know that this this just... Oh, whatever. Uh, what do you think of um, them remaking it? Do you think that that would spoil the original, or do you think that the original st- still stays 100%? I, I mean, if, they, if they're if they going to remake it, it, and I hate it, then I just won't consider it anything. See, it's not going to change my number one. I love that you said that. I, I hate when people get so like worked up, like, oh, they're going to remake the Goonies, and everyone's like, they're going to remake the Goonies, and everyone goes goes wild about Why that. Because the Goonies will, the original Goonies will no longer exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, You're that, exactly that's right. What remade. That's what I'm saying. It's like, the Goonies still exist, and if anything, now you've got a better example of like, oh, well, the original was better, if you wanted to be like kind of like a douche about it. Right. But yeah, so uh, there, there's talk of remaking. Back I know. To the future. Yeah, yeah, I mean, part of it's disheartening because it's. I I also feel like just let it let it alone, like let it be. But at the same time, maybe it'll be good. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, and if possible. they did it in modern times, right? I get this. If they did it in modern times and they go back to the future, I mean, excuse me, back back in time to meet the parents when they were kids, it would be like the 70s. So it'd be like a different decade yeah, right. that they'd it, be it, tackling as opposed to the 50s. Um, so I mean, yeah, it, that could be a thing. It could but, be. Yeah. You know, whatever. hopefully it's not. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm fine with it, uh, with them doing it. Not that I, I, okay. So Julie, can you put your hands behind your back when I say this? <laughs> you want me to put my hands behind my back? Yeah. I, um, just so you don't attack me. I have never seen back to the future. Okay. Uh, oh, they're out. They're out. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> Hulk smash. <laughs> The reason why. Sorry, Matt. Did that make you want to cry? <laughs> You've really never seen it. I really. I think we've talked it. about this. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I've seen like a lot of Is it. Is this deliberate? No, 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 no. I would love to see it. Um, I've seen a lot of it. Like I've never seen Star Wars, but at this point, I'll never see it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I really want to see Back to the Future. It's, I just it's keep more common than you think. People haven't seen it. I've shown a few people this movie for the first time. Uh, I guess. Oh, that's relieving. I don't know his name, but uh, Biff, the actor, he has a he has a podcast. Really? Yeah. We it, should. It, uh, it's on. I think it's on the Nerdist Network. We should have him on as a special guest. Yeah, I bet he'd love that. Yeah, I bet we could get that. <laughs> Ask too. him about when he was on Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, so I mean, uh, yeah. There's people who haven't seen it. Um, but a lot of times, I think it's not what they think. The people who I've shown it to, th- I think, thought it was a super sci-fi heavy kind of movie, mm-hmm. which it totally isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, it really, I don't see it it really that way. isn't. It's, it, it, it's, it's good. It's a very, it's a very fun. It move. You know, about one thing about the movie is I, I think it moves well. Like the pacing of the story. Oh, it's it's perfect. Yeah, it's it, perfect. It, it's it's very nothing really lags. I mean, by the time it gets into it, it's already pretty good into the movie. But you have built a very good connection with the characters. Yeah. Um, do, do you remember the first time you saw it being like, "This is going to be my favorite movie ever"? Um, I used to rent it constantly, like when I was a little kid, when I was like five. 
who, five ma- and who six. made you do that? Was it your dad that turned you on to it, or? Um, I think I think he's probably like, "How about this movie?" You know. Oh, okay. You should, so. you should watch this. This will be good. You know. And I loved it. And then I rented the second one. And for a really long time, the second one was actually my favorite, um, because it has you know the hoverboards. It's really visually appealing for kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but as an adult, uh, the first one was just my absolute favorite. Hmm. That's a good pick. Yeah, it's a awesome movie. I mean, it's, I. I feel like I'm blowing it. I don't really know what to say about it. I know. Well, sometimes when you're under a mic, it's so hard to like give, like you know, defend scream or something. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> a movie you know you love, and it's garbage. like so hard to. Um, Christopher Lloyd. I love Christopher Lloyd. So goddamn funny in that movie. Um, Robert Zemeckis, great director. After Back to the Future, directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oof. Which is which you brought terrifying. up yesterday and had a very <laughs> controversial pick on your so cartoon I think, character. I think I really like Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, didn't he also do um, another? Did he do the Polar Express? Was that him? He did. He also did Forrest Gump and um, what's the one with Tom Hanks on a island? Oh, Castaway, Survivor Man. He did Survivor Man. <laughs> <laughs> Castaway is incredible. Talking volleyball, the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love. I here. Let me let me say this real quick. Back to the Future, right? Yep. You you hear of the plot. He mm-hmm. goes back in time, and his mom falls in love with him, and really wants to get with him. And it's okay when you watch it. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, like it doesn't have this like perverted incestual kind of vibe. Even though his mom is in love with him, it's so innocent. What would you do in that situation? If my mom was <laughs> Leah Thompson, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you don't, you don't want no, to finish no, that no, sentence. Let, let him finish it. Let's say I was Marty McFly, <laughs> and my mom was hot, smoking nineteen fifties Leah Thompson. I'd give her a roll in the hay. Oh, <laughs> oh God! You heard it here first. Folks. I'd take her for a run. <laughs> you know what's funny is I want to make a joke, but I can't because I know your mom listens to the show. <laughs> yeah, please. Let's leave this. Let's just let Ooh, this be. This is going in a horrible direction. Oh my That's God! Right. Did you forget that your mom listens to the show when you said that? Why would you bring that up? I didn't what? bring up anything. You brought it up, Matt. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. Um, uh, but, uh, no, but do you know what I mean? Like, she's so innocent. and he... Who, your mom or Leah Thompson? <laughs> no, we're not talking about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is not brought up. Okay. Leah Thompson. What's your number one, Matt? <laughs> no, no, no. Finish what you say. I'm blushing right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to reel up. Oedipus <laughs> complex over here. <laughs> All right, but do you, would you guys agree? Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, I would not have sex with my own mother. That's <laughs> what I said. It's a great movie. It was a way of saying Leah Thompson is fucking hot. Everybody, <laughs> Leah Thompson. Oh my god, you're killing me. <laughs> this is great. This is going to be the best oh, episode ever. Can we please move on? All right, all right, all right, all right, right. So I think everybody knows that you wouldn't have sex with your right. mom. <laughs> <laughs> or if they don't like. It. God. Oh God! <laughs> we just tarnished Dooley's <laughs> entire life. Okay, all right. Let's let's just, let's just bring it in. We're so close. Oh, I don't think I'll ever recover. This is definitely gonna be the longest episode, but okay, that's fine because it's, it's a number five. Um, so my number one movie, my favorite movie of all time, as it stands right now, after what my last one was, is The Dark Knight. <laughs> okay, <laughs> really, really good. I don't. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It. The Dark Knight's a great movie. That's a great choice. What are you silent for, Dewey? I'm still trying to just get over what happened to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the Dark Knight. 
Um, Heath Ledger as the Joker. I it's like I was I was looking up some stuff about the movie today, and I've looked it up before, but I I, I forgot um, a lot of the fun facts. His his role as, as the Joker was outstanding. But did he like prep for that role? Listen, by... just listen to what he did. The, that's what exactly what I'm getting at. So he went through a um. What a controversial um, opinion you had, though. <laughs> Heath Ledger was a good Joker. Yeah, well, it's you, you say that with a little bit of a uh, bite in your lip. But yeah, that's yeah. fine. There was sarcasm. There was dripping with sarcasm. Right, dripping with sarcasm, but that's fine because everyone knows that he was awesome in it. Um, but it's like it's like a globally known yeah, thing. Yeah, you can't you, you can't can, dispute it. You really can't. And um, one thing he did to get like into the head of the Joker was he spent six weeks in a hotel room, um, isolated. And what he like what he did in the hotel room was he um he wrote in a journal and all he did was was r- write the worst things he could think of that he thought the Joker would find funny like blind children and like just uh like AIDS and things like that and like he would write these things and he called it his Joker journal I would love it if that ever came out <laughs> I yeah. actually read about this and I read that they were thinking of publishing it they have to they really have to I need to see what's in there I I I need to. That that's such a. Did like, he also uh, visit people like mental people? Or hang out with. Pe- with uh, I don't know. I didn't. He might have. I didn't read anything about that myself. That's such an okay. intense, um, you know, practice for a comic book character. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad he did it because it paid off like really well. Yeah, but um, that I mean, he took that role so seriously. Well, that's why Christopher Nolan's Batman franchise is the best Batman franchise. I, I remember thinking when. Um, sorry to like interrupt you, Dilly, but I remember thinking when. Um, the, they announced that Joker was going to be in the Dark Knight, and I was like, "Oh my God, he's he's got some big shoes to fill," you know. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he's. Gonna, I like Jack right. Nicholson too. I yeah, like- I was like, he's got to fill Jack Nicholson's shoes as the Joker. If you watch Heath Ledger's Joker and then Jack Nicholson's Joker, they are so different. Oh yeah, that it, it's brilliant the way that they had tackled that because even even I who's I'm not like a huge Batman fan to begin with, but was, I was like, how dare they like tread on the same ground that Jack Nicholson did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but. I mean, other than Heath Ledger as a Joker, that movie is fantastic. Like, um, that's that's is that your favorite out of those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I really didn't really care for Dark Knight Rises. There were See, a lot. There were I, a lot of things in it that I did not like. As what? a as a Batman fan, Batman Begins is my favorite. Batman Begins is good. Dark Knight is awesome. Dark Knight Rises kind of lost me. There's a lot of things that. Oh, what didn't you love about Rises? I know we're talking about Dark Knight, but what did, what didn't you love about Rises? Um, there were uh. There were a lot of things that I, I didn't like about it. I didn't like how Bane was perceived. I, I didn't like the lack of Venom. That was one thing I didn't like Venom's about it. Venom's from Spider-Man. Bingo. stinky <laughs> butt. But, well, Venom slash the Titan formula that Bane uses to become as strong as he supposedly is. And then there were like these little... But uh, they had to make it realistic, and that's... Right. So let me ask you this. He can punch through uh, concrete... But when he slugs Batman in the face, he just takes it like a punch. Well, they've got to have spectacle to it too. Yeah, I understand that. But like they, they went but he a trained with he trained with with Ra's al Ghul. I mean, Batman is capable of doing those kinds of things too because of his training. Well, so my question, I guess, what I was working up to is, did you like Catwoman? I, yeah, I liked Catwoman. I thought she was actually one of the better parts of the film. I loved the Catwoman character. I uh, I would see a whole Catwoman movie if Anne Hathaway would do it. Uh, yeah, I would probably too, as long as it wasn't friggin' Halle Berry. Give me a break. Oh, you said it, dude. Um, but um, another part about um, the Dark Knight that I liked uh, were the um, like the scenes. That was one of the first movies. I think it might have actually been the the first movie that was filmed with the IMAX cameras. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? The first, really? 
Yeah, I think it was. I oh, will be correcting that. Yeah, let's <laughs> amend that next week. I th- like you mean filled enti- no, filmed I entirely? No, I think you are right. I think it was because I remember them breaking one of them because it was, there was only four or five in existence, and then they um they broke one during the filming of one of them, and uh, it was just like uh, it was too yeah it was just too much right for the IMAX cameras and they're very heavy and they're very loud. Um, yeah, I mean it's a great number one. Um, one thing I I will say though I'll I'll leave it on this is one thing I wish I saw in the Dark Knight Rises is like Heath Ledger was such a good Joker, and obviously you know he died and passed away, which is which was awful, and um, what they should have done, which would have been a very easy homage to him as the Joker in the Dark Knight Rises, was when they're releasing all the all like the inmates oh, that, in the prison. This is a deleted scene. Oh, is it? Yeah, but keep going, keep going. Well, either either way, um, they should have did some type. Well, whatever. They they should have paid some type of homage to him in in the the prison. Also, another thing I would have loved to see, which is this is just my own fan fiction, is how I would have. Ed- I know how I would have ended the movie is because it was going to be. It was the last movie. They're not doing another one. Christopher Nolan's Batman is done after the third movie. So what they should have done because they knew they were never making another one is they should have left a little teaser trailer. Uh, teaser, not trailer, but like a little teaser at the end about the Joker being set loose yet again. Like, in my head, the way the scene goes is like, you go down an alleyway of like a prison, there's a door that's been busted open and you go in and the guard's been killed and like, there's just like a smile like cut across his face or like he's got the makeup on and like, that was it. Like, that would have been awesome. I agree. The deleted, um, the deleted like thing that they were going to do, but then they did, they ended up not doing it out of like respect or whatever. So it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. No, oh, but okay. they storyboarded it okay. was that when they were releasing all of the inmates from Arkham, there was like all of the doors swing open except for one. And you see like a shadowy figure holding, holding like a card and f- flipping a coin and the door just doesn't open. Hmm. So Bane releases all of them except for the Joker. They they were gonna do that, but then they didn't. Could you imagine if they did? That would have been awesome. Another thing too, I would have liked to see. And it would have been, so, been so easy to do it is because they're not doing it, and he's also such a great character. Is like if they just had a uh, like question marks throughout the prison, or like and when there's like when they're showing like Gotham and like the the people have taken it over, and it's like kind of like a city run by villains and criminals. Like just question marks throughout the city for the Riddler. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it yeah. would have been cool. But oh well, what can you do? But my favorite was Dark Knight. So mine, yeah. my favorite is Batman and Robin. Go, go home. <laughs> Holy rusted metal, Batman. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so should I do mine? Yeah. Okay. Mine, you guys probably know because I talked about it last week. Oh, uh, yep. that's right. Yep. That is right. Here we go. Break, so out, break out the tears. My number one is 2009's Up. Yay. Up. Yeah. So um, for those of you who thought that that really wasn't my number one, it truly is. I absolutely love that movie. I know it's animated. I, I know I talked about this last week, but I'm going to kind of talk about it again. It is so beautiful, and it is so important, I think. Um, I just feel like I want everybody to see it. it Do you like it better than Cars 2? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> but, um, just curious. <laughs> I think that um, it's just it's just got such a sweet like um, message to it, and... Oh, like I talked about this yesterday, so if you guys have anything, any other things you want to chime in about it, uh, I, th- I think it was. I, I think mean, it's last a, week, not yesterday. I think it's an excellent movie. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's very. It wasn't what I expected it to be. I no, love me neither. Uh, Kevin. Kevin makes me laugh every time I think about him. Just the fact that that thing's name is Kevin is so funny. <laughs> I mean, Doug. No, the bird, Kevin. 
Oh, Kevin. Okay. Oh, favorite movie. Don't we know who I'm talking about? Huh? No, I've I've never seen it. I just know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, Doug though is so adorable. I didn't talk about Doug at all. Um, talk about his shape as a character. <laughs> I always thought that was weird. You talk about it. He looks. He looks. <laughs> like a, he looks like a big toe. <laughs> I'm glad you talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never would have said that. But uh, so uh, Ke- uh, Kevin and Doug are both like adorable characters. And uh, man, I, I just feel like I feel like Dooley right now. I feel like I'm blowing it. Like oh, I really God. want I really want to um, in, in the sense that you blew it when you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I blew it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just uh, I don't know. I just think it's such a awesome movie and i watch it i've watched it a ton and uh also the villain in it the villain is so cool and he's like really evil do you guys remember that scene where he's talking about like uh he's talking to carl and he's he's knocking all the uh adventurers helmets off of the yeah those are people that he's killed yeah (laughs) because they came looking for for kevin and he's trying to get that that bird to clear his name yeah um and then he dies at the end how how many Disney movies do you know where the villain actually is dead? Um, right, not just like locked in a cage. Yeah, right. not just like sent back or, you know, in prison or something. Right. He actually like and the way that he dies is actually like very visually, I don't know. It stuck with me when he gets like thrown off the side of the Zeppelin mm-hmm. and uh he ha- he grabs at the balloons and he falls with one balloon attached to him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's so poetic. Yeah. You know, the balloons kept uh, Carl afloat the whole time, but then this guy, you know, he couldn't. Um, he I couldn't should, keep afloat with I it. I should really rewatch this movie. Seriously, rewatch it and rewatch it as like thinking of it as an adult movie, mm-hmm. because it's really easy to say, "Oh, it's a Pixar movie. It's for kids." But there are so many really cool adult themes, and there's a scene in it where Carl goes to into his adventure book. Do you guys remember this? Uh, where at the end of the? It's at the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he sees the the letter that. Um, Ellie wrote to him. Do mm-hmm. you remember this, Dooley? I'm trying to cry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it says, like, thanks for the adventure. Now go have another one. And oh, I'm yeah. getting, like, mm-hmm. goosebumps just thinking about it. And then he closes that book and he empties everything out of his house. There, There is something, like, when my grandmother moved out of, or my great-grandmother moved out of her house and into, like, a retirement facility mm-hmm. or um, nursing home, really, um, it was so difficult for her to move all of her things. You know what I mean? To, like, get... Get her things out of her house. She's lived in her house for so long, and I feel like the movie Up does at least references that. It's like mm-hmm. when you get to a certain age, you collect a certain amount of life, right. and you keep it all in your house. Oh yeah, that's true. And what Carl did was, you know, he had to say he had to save the day, and the balloons weren't lifting the house, so he threw everything out yeah. of his house. And I think there's something so beautiful about that, like image of letting go and. Of uh, abandoning things, yeah. So there's a like, lot of powerful imagery in that that movie. Yeah, that was, if nice. you really think that was about nicely it. put, by the way. And he set up both of the chairs, you know, on the edge of the of the Paradise Falls, like him and Ellie's chairs. Mm-hmm. And it's just like there's so many adult themes in that movie that, like, if you go in watching it as a kids movie and oh, oh, isn't Doug funny? You know, because well, the squirrels and whatever. Like then, like yeah, you're gonna get something out of it. You're gonna like it, but you're not gonna really feel the impact unless you think of it as like. An adult-themed movie. All right. Go back and rewatch it, dudes. Cool. All right. So that's uh, that's all of our number ones. Let's Great. Uh, actually, we might be able to still save this as a long episode. Let's uh, honorable mentions. Dooley. Um, Dead Alive. Really? Yes. Wow. Really, Dead Alive. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Why? Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's a no. slasher movie, not a horror movie? No, I like that movie, too. I just, I, I, for it to be on somebody's list so high, I think, is... It's, it's one of the goriest movies in existence. Oh, that's yeah, that's so... It's so with the custard, I still think of to this day. Uh, the gore is so good. Yeah. Um, it really sparked Peter Jackson's career. Um, oh, right. That's Peter Jackson. You yeah. mean more than Meet the Feebles? <laughs> I think more so, yeah. Dead more alive, than that's such taste. an interesting honorable mention. I'm glad you I'm glad you said it. No, that's a, that's a good one. I just uh I was just a little shocked. I yeah, I, I, like I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put it on my top 50. <laughs> I like to sh- I like to show people that movie and, you know, get their reaction. It's such a like, oh, what do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just so gross. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen Dead Alive, check that out. It's very gory. Cool. Um my honorable mention and this was very close to making it on my list uh was uh Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, that oh would be good. God, yeah, I can't believe Ghostbusters wasn't on one of our lists. I love that movie. I'm planning on getting a nice little Ghostbusters uh, tattoo eventually. Shit, oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Put that on the list of top five tattoos Matt's gonna get. <laughs> Yay! Um, but yeah, that's it. It's very funny. Um, the effects were really kind of cool, and the way they did them is very was very cutting edge at the time. And um, I just. I love that movie. I, I mean, we could do top five Bill Murray movies. Oh, well, yeah. Jeez, we could do top five Ghostbusters moments. <laughs> yeah, we could. We probably will. <laughs> yeah, let's do well, that. we're doing a show for 10 years, we're going to have to start doing <laughs> stuff like that. No kidding. We're going to be scraping the bar- bottom <laughs> of that barrel. Right. Top five quotes of Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> First half an hour. <laughs> um, should I do my honorable mention? So yes, we can please. wrap this all up. My honorable mention is Scott Pilgrim. Ooh, that's a good one, oh, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know what's funny? I was thinking Scott Pilgrim, and then I was thinking Shaun of the Dead. Oh, fuck, Shaun of the Dead. God uh, damn it. Here we go. Any of those Edgar Can Ray we do like at least four, uh, another top five of our honorable mentions? I know. <laughs> we should. We should no, we'll do, we'll do top six through ten. Yeah. Um, I love how Scott Pilgrim is so so stimulating that mm-hmm. it you have to... It's almost like work to keep up with that movie when you first see it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's in it's in its own world. It, it is unabashedly in its own world. It, you know, like that that world where like video game things are real, and you know these like fights happen, and people just do wacky things, and, and you don't question it. You don't even question or it. I didn't. At least. Why, why would you question it? You know, like it's such an established world. And Scott is cool. I think Michael Sarah really pulled that role off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't really nerdy or awkward. Yeah, <laughs> and just, I mean, just the right balance of everything. I, I just, I think that movie, I feel like that movie never needs to be made again. Nobody ever needs to make another Scott Pilgrim movie. I don't think you have anything to worry there. I know, <laughs> I didn't make a ton of money. But also, like, people are going to be watching that movie forever. Yeah. It's a cult classic. It's it's already, I'm I'm calling it here. You heard it first. You well, heard it here first, folks. But, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that was our fifth episode on movies and... Uh, yeah, good job, everyone. Yay! Um, obviously, real quick, add us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash top five of death. Email us, email us your deaths at top five of death at gmail.com, the number five in all of them. Add us on Twitter is, you know, top five of death, number five, as always. And um, so I guess that's it. We'll wrap it up. This one went a little long. We apologize. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, and smell you later. <laughs>